Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options even if you're not a professional. Welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. My name is Valerie and I'm here with Joanne Westbrook, Greg Phelps, and two very special guests, Brenda and Mark Roberts, and they are husband and wife team. Welcome, uh, Brenda. Welcome, Mark. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I have vascular dementia. I've had I've been diagnosed for five years. And um, we've dealt with a lot of ups and downs with this, but we have finally, after five years, on uh, the last, well, I'd say a year and a half or two years, uh, with counseling and patients and uh, trying to find ways to communicate now that we weren't able to do because of uh, the stress that I was under, the anger that I had every day. I was so exhausted. Uh, we have found a success in uh, now that I am uh, retired now, taking the time to work on our relationship and communication that would sustain us until the day I'm not here or Brenda's not here. And we do a lot of that through a, a lot of love for one another. So can I back this up, please, Brenda and Mark? Life was going along normally for this happily married couple for a number of years. And then all of a sudden, what changed? Who noticed the changes first? Was it Brenda? Was it Mark? Uh, give us a little background, a little insight into that. Okay, I'll, I'll start with it. Right. And um, I've worked in the aging network for 30, 40 years. And when you ask the question, who noticed it first? Believe it or not, it was Mark who noticed it first, right? That's right. He came home from work and he asked me, what's it like to have Alzheimer's disease? And being the loving wife I was, I said, oh, for crying out loud, you don't have Alzheimer's disease. And so part of the mission Mark and I are on, because of that experience, here I am, a woman who's working in this field and I didn't recognize it in my own home. So part of the mission that we're on is to get out and speak publicly and make people aware that dementia is more than memory problems because it was not memory issues that I saw my husband experiencing. Um, what I saw from my perspective, and I'll let Mark speak from his perspective um, in a minute, what I saw was an angry, angry, frustrated man who went to work and spent every bit of energy and patience that he had at work, and he came home extremely frustrated. And um, so much so, you know, I think it's pretty common for people living with young onset dementia to either be, um, get a divorce or separate in their partnership right. relationship or get fired and or get fired before they get a diagnosis. And Mark and I were in 
in that situation because before Mark was diagnosed, he was on a second leave of absence from work without pay due to poor decision making from his employer. I didn't think of poor decision making as a, a symptom of dementia. And then the other uh, thing that was happening is I had moved out of the house. So communication was not the, at its peak. And so definitely not having the diagnosis put a strain on the relationship. Sure. So Mark, I'll let you answer about- Coming um, up to that. Yeah, how, what was your experience at work briefly? And then also um, getting the diagnosis. Uh, just a snippet of what happened at work and is, um, I was not uh, retaining the information that was being given to me, uh, the conversations got jobbled up in my, were scrambled up, I should say, in my brain. Um, and I would get things, and then I would find out later I'd mentioned something, well, that's wrong. And it got where I couldn't remember things uh, that are routine things uh, in my position at the college that I always had to be prepared for. For an example, like boiler inspectors, uh, electrical inspectors, those kind of things. And I was, I got where I wasn't prepared. I usually had everything ready for when they come, went smooth and we were on to something else. Um, but coming home, I was just absolutely exhausted coming home. And to get into a conversation with Brenda was just more anger. Um, and at the one point where we broke, and that's the best way to say our communication really broke down in our relationship, was I was trying to hang a bifold door. And I, I felt that I needed help to hang it because um, uh, it was getting very difficult for me to do two or three things at one time to put this thing together or to hang it. So I interrupted her workday. She did come out and start to help me, but it's the first time I, now that I think back, she wasn't saying anything, but it was like um, I was hearing her say things to me. And then I would tell her, well, you need to do this. And she said, well, she would say, well, you didn't say that to me. It was very strange. It's almost saying it was a real mental uh, scramble thing. I could hear her talking to me, but she wasn't. And it got so uh, angry, you know, I'm screaming at her. Uh, she finally says, this is enough, and starts arguing with me about that I need to just back off and not try to do, do this stuff when you're tired or whatever. And then, uh, in, in short, I more or less said, well, I can I can fix that for you. So I went to the cabinet or went to the closet where uh, my guns were. I really had no intention of using the gun. And I don't know why I did that because my bullets and everything else is out in the barn. I keep them separated. And so it collapsed then and Brenda left. So that is a prime example, isn't it, of communication breakdown and um, also brings in a lot of safety issues in relationship. I know people have concerns about dementia and guns in the home, and that's a whole nother topic. 
but our communication had just totally broken. It had severed. It had hit its max. So you, you separated at that point, Brenda, and, and then give us the details on what led to the actual diagnosis. Sure. So what we did is I moved out, of course, uh, you know, leaving the home and after 40 some years and thinking, oh my gosh, I never thought this would happen in my relationship. And never, ever did I think again that these were signs and symptoms of dementia. So um, how we ended up getting a diagnosis is, you know, I went and I was living with my daughter at the time. And um, what do you do when you need help these days? You turn to Google. <laughs> so I Googled and I found a place that had a wide variety of um, disciplines available to help from a master level social worker, a clinical psychologist, a geriatric psychiatrist. And at this point in time, I thought Mark was needing a psychiatrist, you know, and I thought, oh, we're going to get in and see a social worker. We'll work our way up the food chain to a psychiatrist, right? So um, that, that's how it all started. We Googled it. We found a great, you know, we had our struggles. We had our struggles getting a diagnosis. It's, it's not easy, but after we helped educate this office, we ended up getting some great services, but it did take some education. And so you know, they started, you know, the gamut of tests, the basic things to rule things out. And then um, the um, MRI, they wanted to do a PET scan, but, if, you know, because that's the most conclusive. But, of course, insurance wouldn't pay for the PET scan. And, um, but for, for me, and I think for us, the most helpful test was the neuropsych test because that actually gave us, like looking at a brain picture at that time meant nothing to me, you know, then they showed me this stuff, I can't even remember what they showed me. But when they sat down and they told me and told us what Mark's challenges were, areas that he was struggling in, then I started to get it. And, um, and all the way through this whole time, I still, you know, so maybe at this, you know, I still thinking they're gonna find some psychiatric mental health issue. Um, you know, because they were talking seizures and you know, just everything. But it wasn't until the neuropsych test and the lady who did that, the psychologist who did that, sat down with us. And her last thing was, she said, so Mark should probably only drive in familiar areas. And that was like, oh, <laughs> to me, that was like saying you have dementia. And so, so that was how we got to that point. Did those words ever come out, you've got dementia? Did, did somebody actually say that? And, and Mark, what was that like for you to experience that? Because that, that's a game changer right, right. there. When, she, when I only spent 15 minutes honest with her and talking about work and home and, um, <coughs> and she says, well, Mark, it's very uh, evident that you have dementia. I don't know what kind, but you have dementia. And I sunk in my chair. I mean, I just, it was a, to me, it was a great relief to know that it wasn't me uh, precisely, but there was something wrong with uh, the way I was thinking. The, there was different things that were happening that I didn't understand. And I just sat back and just said, you know, thank God that somebody can tell me that there is something just no different than a diabetic or somebody with 
who's been hurting and find out they have cancer or whatever. Um, I, I just thought I was blessed at that point uh, that I know what it is now and I know what pretty much that I need to start working on this and getting information and putting my marriage back together. Uh, well, in fact, it had rippled into the, our two children and their family too. So um, it finally gave me uh, the sewing machine that I could use to sew the family and the fabric of our, our existence. And also that um, my, my faith played a lot into it too, that God had come and, and relieved me of all this terrible things that I had been doing. And uh, I was just, I was uh, not real, real happy, but I had found an answer and I can work with this. So a, a game changer for, for you, but how about, how about you, Brenda? What, what was the news like for you as well? Because um, while he felt relieved that he had something, you, did you feel a state of panic or, or shame that you didn't recognize it because you work in the field? Tell me about your feelings. Um, you know, I, it was, it was hard because they wouldn't tell us at first because the, um, the psychologist gave us the, um, the explanation of the neuropsych testing, but apparently I didn't know it at the time, but apparently the psychiatrist had some medical emergency and he was going to be out of the office for at least six weeks. And, um, we had, and we got, we got that news the day we were prepared to go to the appointment to get the diagnosis. Okay. We had, Mark said, faith is important to us. We had prayed about it. We had talked to our kids about it. We were ready emotionally to go. Cause, you know, we knew they were going to say confirmed dementia and we're ready to walk out the door and we got a call. that said the doctor wasn't available for another six weeks. Well, you know, might sound like, well, no big deal. It didn't change life. But it was like, I had an out-of-body experience at that point in time. So, you know, I'm like, uh, no, we're going to get an answer and we're not waiting six weeks. And um, in the mental health system, apparently, because we were in it working with a psychiatrist rather than a neurologist, apparently, at least this is what we were told in the mental health system, you can, the, the psychiatrist can determine if it's in your best interest or not to know your diagnosis. <laughs> and I'm, I was just like totally out of it. And I, and Mark, and I really embarrassed Mark because, you know, I had to drag him into the doctor's office and the, the lady behind the desk. I'm like, we want to know, give us your blah, blah, blah. He, you know, give us his. So it was a, it was a battle before we got there. So the initial battle to get that diagnosis. And then, um, oh my gosh, this is just absolutely horrible to say but this is we fell into i fell into the stereotype of um what the stigma that we're not fighting in this world is i immediately thought of what do we think of the end stage of dementia my husband you know in a nursing home needing long-term care uh yeah yada yada so my brain immediately shot there and um and definitely did not think that in some ways, in some really weird ways, it was the best thing that happened to us. 
was to get the diagnosis. So unlike a lot of other diagnosis, and, and I, I'm not ever trying to trivialize anything, but it, with cancer, somebody's given a diagnosis, they're presented with a support team right there. You know, we've got this for you. We've got that for you. We've got all these other things for you. We're going to beat this. Everybody rallies. What was it like when you guys headed home from that initial meeting? What was <laughs> Well, I, I think uh, Brenda kind of, you know, asked for more counseling. And so uh, they, uh, the lady that uh, said that I had dementia, the counselor, this woman referred us to another lady in the office, and she was a very open-minded person, um, very calm, I think very intelligent on how to uh, place your words in a very comfortable way to get you to say an answer or your, uh, your spouse to say an answer. Right. She was great. She's a social worker. We absolutely love her, and we have an ongoing relationship, and we've taught her a lot, okay? We've taught her about dementia. She taught us about basic communication skills and focused on our relationship, but to get to your question, Greg, nobody gave us any resources. Um, you know, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with what's what in my community because of my work, and so I reached out, I won't say to the names of organizations, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a trainer over for, for over 30 years. And I, you know, I offered to, you know, hey, I would love to run a support group. I would love to get into training. I would love to, I'm a, a registered lobbyist. I would be, I would love to, you know, show up at Capitol Hill or the state Capitol. And um, I, I didn't get any takers. In, in all of what I could do, but I also wanted information. And so I just have to really say we, we joined a lot of different groups in our own, well, on Facebook, really, social right. stuff, and then a, and tried some things. We live in a rural community, so the supports and services are very scant. And at that time, everything was gloom and doom. And I, I eventually had to just shut off, you know, unlike or defriend or whatever the terms are people so I didn't see the doom the doom and gloom and we started looking isn't there anybody living well out there with dementia and then that's when we got connected with PAC and other organizations and what we were just totally thrilled about was not just the name but the, it, the name reflects the, philo the philosophy right positive approach. That's what we were looking for. We have one life to live and we can be really sad and miserable because we have dementia or we can learn everything we can and make the very best one life that we can. And so that's what we chose to do. And so um, PAC has been like um, played a major role in uh, our play has played a major role in our relationship. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, okay, this huge organization, and if it does nothing else but impact our two lives, um, <laughs> mission accomplished. So you you have you have the diagnosis at this point. You're you're reaching out. You're discovering other things and everything else like that. But all that aside, what did that do to your relationship once you had the diagnosis? Because you're obviously very happy now together when I'm talking with you? Well, I, on my part was that um, I come to grips that I had dementia. 
that um, this is what's wrong with me and I can still do better. I mean, um, that's been my whole life thing. If somebody said, well, you know, you don't know how to fix this thing. Well, don't believe, don't believe that, buddy. So I would get help and fix it. Um, and that's why I was a supervisor for a physical plan. Um, so I, to me, it was just another piece of equipment that I had to go out and I needed to read about it or somebody needed to tell me more about it. And I think that I went to my pastor, I talked to her at length, you know, this is my situation and um, what's my next step? What, where do I look and find things? And so through that conversation, everything, and you know, I'm usually a real friendly guy. I don't hide anything. If you know, I try to help people on the street um, <laughs> or whatever. Our kids would been involved with kids for a long time, and so uh, when I went to the gas station to get gas, I uh, couldn't make the change. I the the change, but I had the dollars right, but I didn't have the change. So I told the lady, I said, you know. Uh, sorry, but I've got dementia. I mean, can you help me please make the change? And oh yeah, you know, and then after that, she called Brenda and asked for my cell phone number. So if something happened there at the station or I had a blackout or whatever, that she could call her right away to come and, and help me. So that just made things click with me. So now, if I go to the hardware, they know I have dementia. If I go to a, a store and uh, say I go, uh, go to a department store and I can't find something, uh, I'll ask for help. And then because, you know, they'll try to give me directions. I'll say, I have dementia. Can you take me, you know, over there to show me? So um, that was a big relief for me because people really want to help but they're not going to help if I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And I have found my church has really opened up. And then I find out in our church, there's four other men with dementia and you know, they've kept it quiet. So um, that that's my part of the story. So Mark has learned to be his own advocate, as you can see. Yeah, I mean, he has just learned to, to advocate for himself. And in terms of our relationship, getting from this relationship that was, near the brink of divorce to really the best it's probably been in the 42 years that we've ma been married. Um, what did it take? It took a lot of work. Um, but what we did is, you know, Tipa often talks about with PAC about building out your team. And Mark referred to, you know, some of the people in our team would be our pastor. And he, he went to our pastor and talked. We saw our counselor. Um, I mean, Mark saw one counselor, you know, they did the gamut. Mark had a counselor, I had a counselor, but it didn't, it wasn't a dementia specific. At that point in time, we were talking about our relationship. And, um, and so, like I said, since then, since I've become a PAC trainer, I offer training in my community and our social worker comes to our trainings to learn about dementia. And she makes, she's our, one of our number one referral sources to have, you know, just to connect. Because Mark and I, after somebody gets a diagnosis, 
we can go to the house and talk with them or they can, you know, meet with them for coffee or whatever and, and just tell them that life is great and there's a lot of hope afterwards. So it took work for our marriage and then it took learning new communication strategies specific to, to dementia too. Okay, so I see two of you, but I, I keep hearing this name, Sophie. <laughs> okay. Uh, for it. Okay, Sophie. Here's Sophie. <laughs> our friend. That's a, a Bichon Frise, if I'm not mistaken, isn't That's it? That's correct. That's yep. right. Now, Mark will tell you that, in fact, before the podcast, we were chatting, and Mark, you said Sophie has changed your life 100%. Mm-hmm. Why has Sophie changed your life? She's really calmed me down, and like I used to have a lot of anxiety and I don't have that anymore. Um, she's with me all the time. I talk to her like a, you know, I should be in a home. She takes naps with me, but it's a partner that Brenda can't do that. She has to uh, still work. And Sophie has been uh, a real comfort to me and has changed uh, my attitude and stuff like that. So now, I, you know, I'm so much better about saying I'm sorry. I, I didn't get get this clear. Can you please, you know, repeat it? Or I'll tell them, wait a minute, I'll come, you know, I'll get where you're at, what room, so you can repeat this to me. And so she comes tagging along with me, and, and uh, it, it's just a real comforting to know that uh, that you have something that you love so much and uh, can help help in some ways is keeping calm and uh, in fact she draws enough attention that people uh, in different stores and stuff they talk to me oh it's a dementia dog and then we off we go into the dementia <laughs> okay uh, well I'd like to say one thing Brenda I definitely uh, I have to applaud both of you but um, I have over the years that I've been in this business, I see families who never get this kind of information, who apparently are not um, bold enough to reach out to really go to all these different resources because a lot of them are not that available. But most of all, what I see is that we get a lot of uh, poor screenings. So people really don't know what they're dealing with to begin with. So I consider the two of you to be a model that we should be showing everyone that there is success and there is this wonderful, wonderful relationship the two of you have. And all I can say is thank heavens you found Tipa. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I want to say too is, you know, I've gone and I've gotten all the certifications and when I talk about pack I'll, I'll say our training because mark might not have gone and got the certifications but for, at the beginning when we watched the videos we watched all those videos together right. when i took the test and asked him the questions we take the test together uh, mark can teach any student positive physical approach and um hand under hand in fact <laughs> He has. He teaches. He, I remember the very first time because we did a, a vlog and a vlog, and my daughter videotaped Mark teaching the grandkids how to do a hand under hand. Um, 
And so Mark is a very active, active in the training that, that I do and um, anything we do, huh? Right. Well, and I think even when I've been with Tifa at some of where she <laughs> spoke at, used me, um, <laughs> it's been a benefit for me to be able to explain some things to those people that, you know, there's life after dementia. Mm. And you yeah. can't just sit there and not do nothing and wait for somebody to come and help you. You can't do it because nobody's going to do it. And it's the same thing with other things in our life. If you're going to sit still and just sit in misery, you're never going to be happy. I want to I want to tell one story, one quick story about Mark. He started this um, men's club, and it's people living with the. It's all men living with dementia and men without dementia, and they get together and they have coffee and visit, and then they do some odd jobs around the church. Well, one day this man comes in and he joins the group. He's a newbie, and he says he's kind of sad that day, and he said, "Yeah." My wife was was diagnosed with dementia, and he's feeling sad. And Mark's like, oh, I have dementia. And the guy's like real shocked. And then another guy who's further along in the journey with dementia turned and said, well, I have dementia too. Don't I, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> and then Mark says, you have to call my wife. So the man called my wife, and he said, I never met anybody before who said they had dementia. Um, so... Mark's making a, a difference in the world. Yeah. On that note, uh, we do have to switch to the upcoming conference in November. And uh, what are we going to get there? Because, I mean, you've shared a very personal story with us. You could probably spend an afternoon telling us more of the stories. <laughs> or, or we could play with Sophie, one or the other. Um, but what are you going to tell us at the conference? What can you share beyond what, uh, what we're talking about now? I, I think what we're going to do is, um, this was a pretty high level overview of just our relationship. We're going to roll up our sleeves basically and talk about some of the specific um, challenges we've had and then very specific ways that we've addressed those challenges and over, overcome most of them. Right. And um, I think we're pretty creative about it. And so we hope that uh you know what we did is we built we used that pack as our foundation and then we've built on that and so we're going to share those 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 ideas at the conference so i hope that there's a lot of people who will attend our session right and for those who are listening who might be wondering conference what conference yeah. <laughs> in november uh 17th and 18th this year positive for which to care has is holding its own very first two-day conference all about you know, anything related around uh, dementia care and Brenda and Mark are going to be speakers there so um, I, ho I hope you know everybody will join us I think it's really going to be marvelous I loved hearing your story I love yeah. I love Mark how open you are about it and 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 like Brenda said you're your own advocate and I and right. you give other people I think the strength to speak up you know like because that's, that's I have helpful. dementia and that's, you know, that's just what it is. And you're so open about it. I loved it. And then, like you said, it, other people suddenly feel they can open up as well. Right. Well, I, I think you're probably helping a lot of people just, you know, they take it, load up their shoulder and take a deep breath and say, you know what, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm living a beautiful life. And I'm, I'm 
I want to talk about it openly. And and, and the same for you, Brenda, you're like, you know, your, your willingness and openness to like learn new things and, and different ways of communicating and, and work on your relationship, I think it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. We're excited. And this is going to be in North Carolina, right, uh, Val? Yes. Manudita, I forgot. So it's in Cary, uh, North Carolina, again, November 17th and 18th. And if you'd like to learn more, if you look at our website, it's www.tipasnow.com. That's www.tipasnow.com. And you'll see on the top, there's a little conference tab, and it's going to give you all the information. And, and we have a gems play. We have a play the evening before to open up the conference. It's yeah. going to be cool. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you so much, uh, Mark, for, for joining us today. And, you bet. You, know, you bet. Yeah. And my honor. We're, we're going to make you our poster child. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I got my dog. Yeah, oh, yes, yes right. for sure. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, Joanne. And thank you, Greg, too, for your marvelous questions and insights. And uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us. And we'll welcome you back soon. Thank you.